Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Man, what an amazing episode. Giovanni Marsico is a freaking badass. Oh, learned all about his entrepreneurial story, how he came up, how he created Archangel Academy, this amazing mastermind, just bringing some of the top thought leaders in the world, just building value. This guy's a three-time Emmy award-winning producer with his documentary Dreamer. I mean, you got to stay tuned because this guy blew my mind. One of my favorite episodes I've done. Enjoy. Guys, welcome to today's episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mishazi, and boy, do we have a special guest. Giovanni Marsico is in the house. What's up, Giovanni? Mr. Darius, nice to see you. Oh, oh, nice to see you, my friend. Oh, Do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll get rolling here? Perfect. So for listeners who are new to the show, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. People are living their passions and those creating greatness in the world, and Giovanni is neither short of passion nor greatness. I've been, I've been a fan from afar. You don't know this, but... I don't even know how the hell I stum- stumbled on your amazing work, but I did. And I've just been watching the stuff you're doing, the events, the masterminds, the movie, the documentary. I was like, man, this guy seems like a fucking badass. I want to get him. I want to get him on the show. Like, like, I, and you don't know this. I'm just like stalking you a little bit on social media. And then I, you and I figured out that we have a mutual friend in common, Dr. Jeff Spencer. So I hit up Jeff. I'm like, Hey, Hey, see if Johnny Giovanni will be on the show. And then I don't know if you even did, but then my team hit you up and man, here we are chopping it up on the greatness machine. So welcome, my friend. I'm very honored to be here. And oh. thank you, Jeff. He did reach out. So, um, oh, he's good, good. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. So I'll thank him. I'll give him a big virtual high five when I see him. <laughs> so, um, Giovanni, do you mind if I give your formal bio and then we could get right to it? Does that work? Sure. Awesome. Um, so I mentioned it earlier, uh, but Giovanni is the three-time Emmy award-winning producer of Dreamer, which is a docu uh, documentary, and he's the founder and CEO of Archange- Archangel Academy, business mentor to change makers, TEDx speaker, and like I said earlier, just all-around badass. Uh, man, you're doing a lot in this world, my friend. How'd that come to be? I'd love to hear the origin story on like what got you. I mean, I'm guessing you you didn't just come out of the womb and start doing all this badassery, maybe, maybe so, but, but I'd love to hear. Well, so, so give me the origin story. I, mean, I like to start 
the, I, I like to start the story when I was really young because there, there was a, a pivotal thing that happened uh, when I was 10. Um, in grade school, we kept moving a lot. And I was always the new kid, always bullied. And in fifth grade, the schools did IQ testing. And then I scored super high on my IQ tests, was labeled gifted. And I'll put that in quotes. And then because of that, once a week, I was bused to a different school for gifted classes. And then when I came back to my regular school, I was bullied for being smart, which was very <laughs> weird and painful. And I didn't understand it. Uh, and I, I, I learned to hate the word gifted until high school. Uh, and this is in the 90s, so pre-internet. Uh, and pre-Marvel uh, movies all over the place being cool. So I used to love comic books, and it wasn't cool back then. You had to read it in secret kind of thing because you were called a nerd or a geek or whatever the word is. And those words weren't cool back then either. And I discovered, uh, like I loved Spider-Man and Iron Man and all that, but when I read my first X-Men, the first page I opened, I saw the words, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Mm. And the word gifted was there again, and it meant superpower. And it reframed my whole life. And I, it, in high school, thought, wow, okay, so the thing that makes you stand out is your superpower. And it's also a curse, but if you understand how to shift it, it's something that you can uh, do something with. And I started producing dance parties for kids uh, when I was 16. It's all around the same time. Our first event had 1,000 people. And it was like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people a week kind of thing. And producing these massive, crazy experiences, but it was all a safe space for kids to party, no drugs, no drinking, just fun. And I, I really quickly discovered my passion for bringing people together. Um, nice. And when I was in high school, I said, when I grow up, I want to lead a team of superheroes. That was my thing. And everyone thought I was nuts. And I thought, yeah, okay, great. But that's my thing. Uh, and then if if you fast forward the story to today, uh, we have a global community of real life superheroes who are uh, entrepreneurial or artists or, or people doing really big things to impact a lot of people. And as much as I love superhero films, I, I'm like really love them. I also think that people need real life people to look up to or aspire towards to be, you know, heroes in in their lives. So we've started documenting stories of people, and that's where the movie came from. Um, okay. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in in the middle of this story, but I, I feel like what's what's wild, and because of the theme of your show, is that I was able to build a you know multi multi million dollar successful business based on the X Men, which was like why not based on curating really incredible humans who have gifts that they're sharing to help other people. Um, completely designed based on who I am. And uh, I don't have to pretend. I, I also, I, the the way we do everything and the way we curate our, our communities and our clients and our members of all the things we do is that you have to be kind, you have to be humble, you have to be super giving um, and kind of the opposite of what a lot of things that happen out there with giant egos and sure. all that stuff. Um, not that we're against making a lot of money, but I think, you know, I like to reframe the word millionaire to mean help a million people and get compensated for that. Yeah. So it's totally cool to make a lot as long as the heart part is there first. And and that's who I am and who we are. I love it, man. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plug myself for a second. So I, I had a company 
um, that I, I sold, but uh, our BHAG was to help 1 million homeowners gain and retain home ownership uh, through our business. And when I set the goal in um, like May of 2013, and then they just hit it in August of 2022. So that's epic. I love that. I'm in, I'm in the million club on that. On the, I qualify to be cool, but maybe in their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah, but it's funny, right? Like you start thinking about that because that's all about leverage and scale, right? Like, like if I'm going to help a million people, like what, what, how do I? And that was how I thought about it because you know anyone can set a BHAG around you know growing a billion dollar company or something like that. Um, and I was like, well, what are we really trying to do? We're really, really trying to help people, you know. Right. And if we can do that, that 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 would be a huge, like what what would we need to be in order for that to happen? And to, by the way, when I, when I set this goal, there was like 13 people in the room, and we they maybe helped a couple hundred people, right? And and so it, 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 I didn't have an answer for it, but I, I I totally resonate with what you just said. Um, well, first of all, man, that's really cool. I love that story. Um, I'm just gonna say that kids can be assholes and they can't appreciate gifted gentlemen like yourself. I can. <laughs> appreciate many gifted human beings I, I i myself was part of we have two things in common i was labeled gifted and i was a comic book uh stud i don't call them geeks um up until uh, about 16 years old and then i then i got really obsessed with with uh wrestling and girls um we, we have something else in common i was actually a nightclub promoter in college so so you were doing parties up in um toronto do you ever know meet a guy named ron rivlin I, that's not familiar. Uh, okay. He was, he was a, a, a big club club guy up there. I, I met him in Hollywood, but anyhow, so, so you were in the nightclub scene, it sounds like, or underground party scene, or is, am I, am I, am I somewhat close? You're right on. And my, um, uh, we're talking about names pre-show. Uh, so my, my name is Giovanni. That's the name I was born with. My parents are from Italy. They moved to Canada, but growing up, part of the bullying was the name thing. So they started calling me Johnny and John, which is like the English translation. So a lot of people like growing up in school, people would call me John. Uh, my nickname during all this party stuff was Johnny angel, because oh. even though I was, I lived at night, I lived in clubs. Um, I was producing all of these events. I had never, like, I still have never been drunk. Um, up until a few years ago, I had never touched a drug. Um, and now it's more psychedelic healing stuff, which is a whole other path. But so, so it was like, I, I was in the under, I don't know what to call it. Like I was nightclub scene, uh, but I was what they called a good guy, yeah. which was weird, especially because I, I ran the events. Um, so that, and then my, my elementary school where I was bullied was St. Gabriel, the Archangel. My high school where I started parties was St. Michael's. So that that archangel word has just followed me my whole life and the angel thing. So um, it's it's just interesting to connect the dots looking back that these things were like Easter eggs in my story. Uh, and, and now everything's come full circle. Oh, man, I love that. That's like the higher the, the higher intelligence is playing with you and showing you the signs For early sure. on in life. Um, so... Um, so yeah, so how how did that like so walk us through like how did that transpire into you know this big thing you're doing now because you know archangels it's a big deal you guys have I mean I, I I see your events I see the people that you're connecting with I see the community you're building I'd love for you to kind of tell the story of how that came to be because it's, sure. you really are making some big waves out there so I um, throughout all the party days the messaging from my parents back then was 
stop doing this stuff, stop dreaming, uh, get a job, get your degree, all that kind of stuff that many parents tell their children, which I, I think was, was useful. And I get where they were coming from, but I think for a lot of people, if you're entrepreneurial, it's kind of hard to hold that back. And then, uh, it actually caused a lot of anxiety and depression because it wasn't aligned with who I was. And I was trying to make them happy and fulfill that stuff, which wasn't my dream. I did that path. And then I did a bunch of jobs. The last job I ever had was running the marketing at a company called strategic coach for a guy named Dan Sullivan. Okay. Um, so, and that ended it. Like I, I, I quit in 2005 because now I'm being around all of these successful entrepreneurs that are his clients. And I, I just, I, and Dan has this line too, but I think, but the line is that I'm unemployable. Like, um, I need to do my own thing. So I left there to start marketing, coaching and, and consulting. Eventually that, uh, led me into the real estate space in Toronto because one of my clients, uh, I helped them uh, grow their business. And then we partnered up. I actually never wanted to do real estate. Um, and I feel like real estate is probably another commonality we may have, but, uh, I did really well, started winning all these awards, doing really great as a, as a realtor in the investment space. And because of that, I, I got to in, in, um, invest in my own personal development. I started joining mastermind groups and going to conferences and going to all kinds of events, realizing none of them hit me the way I wanted. Like It wasn't what I actually wanted. There was always something missing. Yeah. And I, I love events. I love producing them. So I thought, okay, why don't I, as a side thing, start bringing people together that are like me, where it's, it's how do we make a lot of money and impact at the same time, not have to pick one or the other. And that was how Archangel was born. Uh, our first event was in 2014. By 2016, it just started snowballing so big that I quit all of the real estate stuff, went all in. We did our first Archangel Summit event that year, had 1,500 people with speakers like Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin and Robin Sharma. And uh, that's how that really took off. And we've done uh, five summits Um and COVID happened and we had to pause our in-person events, but now they're right. back. So I'm super excited to be able to do in-person things again and uh, design super memorable experiences for people. I love it, man. So, so take us to that 2014. So like, you know, and, and I, I obviously 05 to 14 is a gap, right? There's, there's a, like, like we just like talked about nine years and like 34 <laughs> seconds, right? Oh, sure. five, yeah. I quit the strategic coach and then uh, dabbled over here. And next thing I know, I was kicking ass over there. Um, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a fa 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 my, one of my favorite quotes is that, uh, success has many fathers and, and failure is an orphan. Um, you know, so, so I, I think like we always kind of talk, you know, not to say you were not successful in these other areas, but, but clearly this is the thing that's like lit your fire. Yeah. Um, what, what was that? I mean, you got into real estate, was that directly what you did right after strategic coach or no, were no. you doing other stuff? So it started with marketing coaching where I, I was almost like a part-time CMO for, for different companies. And, um, that worked. It, I mean, I hit this is back then it was like a hundred thousand a year in, in revenue. And I thought that was my dream come true back then. Uh, and then, um, throughout those years, there was actually a, a, a huge challenge where, uh, my marriage, my first marriage ended in 2007, uh, in divorce. I got super depressed to the point where I was contemplating suicide and it was like, oh, it was a dark period. Um, and, 
I had a, a son who was three at the time. And, and because he was around, I thought I can't, this is not even an option. Like I can't do that to him. So very, and his name is Michael, um, very grateful mm-hmm. to him. And that turned things around. Uh, I turned myself around. Uh, it was challenging. Um, but that was the lowest point since. And from there, everything started going up. And then I met a client who was in the real estate space, helped them scale their business. And the commissions were way bigger than uh, my marketing fees. So I, I stopped all the marketing consulting, partnered with them, uh, got my license. And then that's what led me into real estate. And it was a very specific niche, which is uh, selling pre-construction condo investments to investors in Toronto, which is a big thing here. Got it. And okay. Like I was at like literally being featured in magazines and winning awards and all of that, which was awesome, except I never wanted to do it. And it's very challenging to explain to people that how is it that you're making a lot of money and you're depressed or anxious or not liking it, but it was never me and it was never aligned with my identity and who I am and what I wanted to do. It did, however, afford me the chance to figure those things out and start Archangel throughout that process. So I will be forever grateful. Yeah. It's kind of funny, right? Like, like, I mean, I, I walked away from a seven figure gig, <laughs> you know, like if people were like, I mean, like, but nothing else to do. Like, and I end up selling my ownership in the deal, but, um, but like that was, I mean, for the same reason, I was just like, I wasn't happy. You know, I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I, it took me 20 years to, to, to hit that point. But, but, um, I think it, you know, it's funny when I, 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 I had a lot of success pretty young. I was 25 when I had my first like high growth company. And I remember I had this moment. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because of what you just said. I had this moment, I was probably 27, 28. And I, and, and I had a few hundred grand in the bank and I was making a lot of money and I was like, it doesn't feel any different. Felt like I'm like, it wasn't, I'm like, this is not as sweet as the first 10 grand I made. That was way sweeter. (laughs) <laughs> I remember the first 10 grand I made when I was at like zero and I went to 10 and I was like, I mean, that number felt way sweeter than it. that. There's not been any number since that's felt as sweet as that number. So I remember I had this realization having, you know, I had a multi, I had a most $10 million company. Let's make a lot of money. And, but I was like, this doesn't feel any different. It actually just feels like it's almost just feels like I'm like having coffee in the morning. Just I'm making yeah. money. It doesn't, I'm not any happier than I was before. And, and so that, so that, so I had this, it was a gift, which was, Hey, money's not going to make you happy, dude. And then I spent the next 15 years chasing money, but that's another story. <laughs> so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, like you sounds like you kind of had that moment too. Totally. And, and I don't know if there's a way to skip it, uh, skip that part of the journey. Maybe if people are listening, there is, but, um, or listening to our stories, however, now I feel the joy and I feel like the, the fulfillment when the money piece is connected to stories and the stories are, are what people are sharing with me in terms of how the impact has happened or, or how, because of either working with me or being a part of things that I'm doing, it's touched their lives. It's changed their lives. It's helped them change other people's lives and collecting those stories are my currency. Yeah. Right. And I, um, it's what I live for. And then, and then thinking of myself as an artist, and I I think all of us are in some capacity, even if we don't identify with that word to figure out what is the art you're creating. And then 
creating art that you're proud of. We just did an event um, a few weeks ago that I think, even though I've done, I don't know, hundreds of events in my life, I, I'm, I've never been more proud of one because I designed the event that I wished I could have attended. And it was, I didn't hold back on anything. I didn't do what was supposed to happen at an event. It was, no, this is exactly the way I would do it. And it was very different and unique. And the feedback has been off the charts. Amazing. Well, can you, can you give me a couple examples of like, cause, cause yeah. everyone goes to these events and it's like cookie cutter. And, oh, and no. so I'd love to hear like, what is, what is, what are things you, you felt like you would want if you were a participant that you ended up doing that people were like blown away by? For sure. And, and to give context, there were 50 attendees and it was 10,000 a ticket. So it wasn't, we also do 3000 people events, uh, which is a totally different energy. But the way I wanted this to, to work is that first I would invite 50 people where every single person coming has a gift to share with the other 49, um, whether it's a story or advice or expertise or, or something. And they all match me in terms of alignment of personality and you know the, the kindness, the giving, all that stuff. Then it would have to be in a warm place because I'm in Toronto and it's snowing today and I don't want to be here. So we did it in Del Mar. And, and one of the nicest properties is at the um, Fairmont Grand Del Mar. Okay. And that was for part of it. But then when I go to events, I f- and this is maybe just me, but I think a lot of people will, will resonate. I don't like being in the room. I like being in the hallway. Like I, I derive a lot of my value from the intimate conversations that happen mm-hmm. on, you know, during lunch and in the evenings and uh, versus learning and learning and sitting and just hearing people speak. So I thought um, instead of 80% speaking and 20% connection, let's make it 80% connection and 20% speaking. Nice. So we did that and designed it completely custom where every single person who came, I, I spoke to every one of them before the event to figure out, what they needed, what resources they needed, what connections. And then I, I literally designed 50 agendas for 50 different people. So it was like a choose your own adventure experience for mm. every single person where I was writing a story for each of them. And then um, we also rented a private mansion for parts of the event so that it wasn't just the same environment. There was shifts in environment and then we had best private chefs. And it was just the, like, I have a hundred of these kinds of ideas that all went into this one event. And then we had surprise performances, um, a guy who's meant a lot to me in my life as a, not necessarily a mentor because he never personally taught me, but his work helped me is a guy named Jay Abraham. Who you may know. So we yeah, had him as a surprise guest for a part of it. Um, Jeff Spencer actually opened the event with one of his amazing, uh, like he was the only speaker. Jeff was the only speaker at the event. That's awesome. Then we had uh, musical performances because I love infusing music. So we had all kinds of surprises there. Then we did the most epic closing party. Uh, and I don't even want to explain it, but it was like there were circus performers and DJ and um, makeup stuff. And it was like an avatar themed event. Um, it was just like literally I was giddy as an attendee, even though I was producing <laughs> Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here. And I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you. They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. 
This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. I love it, man. Thank oh you. man, we're, we're, we have we have a lot of similarities. <laughs> I, I just saw, I just saw not not exactly the same thing, but I did something like that for my 40th birthday. Where um, since you're a, a event guy, you'll you'll love this. Where we brought all of our you know, hundred of our closest friends together. I have a twin brother, so we always have big big birthdays. And um, and then we're and we planned this. We're in the next room over. For, it's in this hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona. And the next ballroom over, we had built. Well, I'll get there in a second. Um, so we're in the middle of doing our like speeches and and all of a sudden there's like these pounding on the door and we hired these Mexican Lucha Libres and they'd set up a whole wrestling ring, like legit, with like a announcer and green girls and everything for <laughs> and they come pounding on the, we're doing speeches, like my wife's doing a speech, my brother's doing a speech, and we're like thanking all of our friends who flew in for this party, and all of a sudden these like eight enormous lucha libres come in and they like pick us up and carry us and then they have and then to this next room and everyone's like what the fuck's going on and we go into the next room and it's fully like spotlit and there's like a whole wrestling ring and then they pre- they proceed to have like four wrestling matches it was it was incredible perfect but it was it was just like you know fucking with people right you know like yeah. like like showing showing them a good time 
Um, <laughs> you made me think about that. Um, so that's cool. So, you know, I love, I love this, this idea of like connecting passion with, with profitability, number one, and, and, but doing it in a way where you're, you're curating people's experiences to, to help them level up, you know, like that's right. what I just heard you say. Um, so when you, so in 14, when, when you were, you know, highly successful in real estate and, you know, making the money, was there like an itch, something that was like, Oh, I, like I need to go do this other thing. Cause this is like a calling for it. Like what, what was it that got you to throw well, your the, hat in the ring? The, um, an important part of the story is that in 2009, when I was making the decision to do the real estate, I also had the archangel idea. Hmm. And actually, uh, I sent an email to my mom back then. I was like, this is what Archangel, I have this idea for this business that I want to do. And this is what it is. And, um, but I, then I, it was a fork in the road of, do I do the Archangel thing, which seemed like a high risk, or do I do the real estate thing, which was probably a lower risk, but not exactly what I wanted to do. And I, I chose real estate because of essentially money. It was like, I had to pay the bills and I had to figure that out. Um, but the whole time I had this in the back of my head of when I turn 40, I want to start Archangel. Um, 40 is what year would that have been? 2016. Okay. But in 20, because of the real estate, I, I, the money was good. I started joining things. I joined a group called genius network, um, which is run by Polish. And at the and this is 2012. At the very first event I attend with massive imposter syndrome and all of that, and it's assigned seating. I sit down at my table, and my table was Naveen Jain, who's this like billionaire guy building rockets to go to the moon and all kinds of stuff. Peter Diamandis from X Prize, and then Ray Kurzweil, who's like the smartest human on the planet. Yeah. And that's the table they sat me at. <laughs> nice. But I got to that's sit. A great, that's a great table. <laughs> that's a wild. T- and then, but I'm sitting next to Peter, who's you know, all about abundance and exponential thinking. And I was so charged up that on the plane ride home, I said, I'm not waiting till I'm 40. I'm starting this archangel thing now and let's start planning. And that's how that started. So that by 2014 or January, 2014, we did our first event. And so, so tell, tell us about that. Like what was, so you had the idea, you had, you had it like, you know, sketched out in your mind. What was the, like, like, is it, a bigger version of what it was then, or was it some like, tell us what, what was the idea then? I'm going to curate this cool event. I mean, I know we interviewed Joe on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and I know of Joe um, and what he's doing. Genius network. Was it like a, your version of that? Like what was Archangel yeah, like, at its inception? Mastermind ish. Uh, and a lot of people use that word or maybe even abuse that word, sure. but bringing people together who are like me where they're entrepreneurial and they care about helping other people. Um, and that was always the intention of building community from the beginning of, of people that would resonate with me. And the first event was fun um, because it, uh, it was novel and no one really knew that I had this event background. So we made an offer um uh, I said at the time I said the ticket is $500, but don't pay me. Uh, and I'm going to spend a whole day teaching all this awesome marketing stuff that really works really well. Uh, just RSVP attend the event and only pay me after if you think it was worth it. 
But wait, only pay me after it if you think it was worth it. So you're like, I'll take the risk on this. That's yeah. that, that's a that's a good offer. I like that. Thanks. And that's how everything st- and people were blown away. Um, that's how the whole thing started. And then we, then I realized, and this is in January uh, in Toronto. So I thought, no one, none of my American friends are going to want to fly here in the middle of a blizzard. So after that, we started doing them in either LA or San Diego. Uh, in the January timeframe. So we would do like a mastermind event and just that grew and kept getting. How many people, can I ask a question though? I want to interrupt. How many people came to that first event you did? 120. Wow. Okay. And so, so, and these were, these were friends and friends of friends, I'm assuming, or people like, was it all kind of a warm audience more or less? Half were warm and the other half were invited by those people. So the, what I had done for the year previous was, building social capital, like literally gifting my time in every possible way to help people. So uh, coffees or lunches or the small little gatherings of people to connect them, um, dinners, whatever it took to network and, and build relationships with the people that I thought could one day attend these events. Mm. So that when I made the invitation, it was like, oh yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on what you're doing. Oh, so smart. So, so, so I love that. I called it the give, give, take, you you know, gave twice and then, and then you didn't even take, it was give, give, ask. (laughs) It was like, if I provide value and did on out of the 120, did 120 pay the 500 bucks? It was the majority, like 80 or 90%. I can. Oh, screw those. Screw the 10% that didn't. They were just, (laughs) we call those plate lickers in the United States. Actually, well, to, to be fair, um, I would say 99% of them at some point became a client or, or attended an event. It okay. they may not have done it right away. And maybe some people had affordability issues and sure. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it launched everything for us. That's, that's amazing. So, so you did the event and then I'm sure you felt pretty vindicated by that. I mean, that's a success by any, by any, any measurement, 60,000, 50, $60,000 of people's, you know, saying, Hey, we believe in this. And, and you even gave them the out. They didn't have to do that. They, they right. chose to do that. Um, and so was that, that it sounds like that became, um, like a, a lot of, did you get a lot of confidence from that and then took that and ran with it? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I have, I have background in producing events, so I didn't have the anxiety of that component, which a lot of people have. Um, sure. that was an, a bit of an unfair advantage. The, but it was a risk of, of building the brand of, of th- this new type of event. And it totally created momentum to keep doing it. But there was a lot of initial energy that had to be put in to constantly be building relationship and inviting people. And not everyone can attend events. Not The timing doesn't always work. And then some people right. just, you know, it's, it's not a yes yet because they don't know what to expect. So there's, there's a lot of energy that kept going into the beginning. And then once, uh, and, and, you know, my advice always, always is focus on building and deepening relationships and the, the give, give thing and add another 10 gives in, in that sequence. Yeah. yeah. Um, give, give to the 10th power. Yeah. But then, you <laughs> know, we, I, there's a cool story. If you want me to share it of how I had 1500 people at the first big summit. Um, yeah, yeah, please. That's where I was going next, actually. Because that, that's a big, big jump. And I love I love reverse engineering puzzles. So I knew that to, to build a brand or a reputation as a bigger event, um, 
I'd have to have at least a thousand people for it to make sense. And I, I thought, okay, to have a thousand people, I need some really big keynote speakers that are well regarded and well recognized. And, you know, um, Seth Godin was one of the people I wanted for sure, because I'm a huge, or what I'm still a huge fan, but back then I didn't know him and I had no connection to him. I had to figure that part out. And Gary V at the time was really, um, building his personal brand. Um, so I thought, okay, if I can figure out the Gary thing and the way that happened is that he had a book launch. So I said, if I buy, uh, I think it was like 3000 copies of your book, would you come and speak? And he's like, yeah. And that, that's how that started. And then wow. the Seth is my favorite story. So um, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I have all of his books like on my shelves behind. Like I love his work and I'm a huge fan of his and a huge student of his. And I, I didn't, had no connection to him. Um, he hates flying. And I, I figured just offering money wouldn't be the only thing that would clinch him as a speaker. So I thought, what do I say? And I want to share my pitch that got him to say yes, because I think it's yeah. useful, not just in this context, but in anything we're doing. So I, I, the only thing I knew is that he checked his email, which, and he responds to emails, which I think is still nuts. But, um, so I'm like, Seth, uh, my name is Giovanni. I'm your biggest fan. And I know you've heard that a million times and I've read all your books and I'm sure you've heard that a million times, but here's the thing you haven't heard a million times. I want to show you how I am your case study, how not only have I read all your books, but I've actually implemented your work and what it resulted in so that I'm a success story for you. And I laid it all out like purple cow. And here's how I use that. And tribes, here's how I use that. And the end of it was, and because of me being a success story of your work, it's allowed me to create this event that only exists because of you. And it wow. would be amazing to come full circle if you came and spoke at this first event that exists only because I'm your student. And his response was something like, how the hell do I say no to this? <laughs> Um, and now we've developed a relationship. He's spoken at like four of our events and I, I, I love him. But I, the thing that was in my brain was, um, what does he want? Yeah. Right. So he's successful. He has all these best-selling books. A lot of people know him. So it's not like he needs another stage. And what I realized that when someone is in that position, the thing I think they want most is relevance. Like to know that their, their work matters, that yeah. it wasn't just a waste of their life. It's that that someone actually paid attention and listened um, through all of the blood, sweat, and tears that he's been through. And right. that's how that happened. And then everything f fell into place. So, so, when, so I'm assuming that when you put an event on with 1,000 or 1,500 people, those aren't just warm relationships at that point or even friends of friends. So was there a market? Did, were you selling like cold traffic? Were you selling tickets to people you didn't know? How did you get that many people to show it's up? It's the simplest business plan. <laughs> and it's all reverse engineered. So confirming Gary, Seth, and then Robin Sharma was the third one. And I, I met Robin somewhere because he's also based in Toronto. And okay. then I was like, hey, Gary and Seth are coming. Do you want to? And he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. So now that I have them all confirmed, um, I thought, okay, what's the way to have the right people in the room? Um, and I have this theory of like um, edification is the most important tool and to find people who already have communities built of people that you can serve where okay. they're willing to edify you to their people. So I thought, okay. okay, who do I know that already has communities of entrepreneurs and 
um, people like who are friends, like Jason Gaynard, if you know, Jason, JJ Virgin. Um, Mm -hmm. and I reached out to them saying, Hey, do you want to speak on the same stage as Mm -hmm. Robin, Gary and Seth? Uh, and it's like, of course I do. And then if someone is, um, on a big platform, chances are they're going to be okay promoting it. And now I have people who have established communities all talking about our event. So to me, that it, like that's how everyone does. It. Like it, it's all community partnership collaboration built, to, which to me is way more effective than cold traffic or or just doing things. What I think is the hard way. Yeah, it makes sense because of the hard way. There's no the trust factor. You have to overcome the trust factor, right? And yeah. and and to your point, like through just you know you have social cap. You well, a you have your own social capital, but b you have the social proof of it being a good event because you have these like big speakers and then you're tying these community builders to it. So they get more social capital and social proof of their connection. And then of course, why would they not like them in promoting it to their people just supports what they're trying to create to your point, which is that, Hey, I'm relevant and that I'm creating value and that I have something to say and people want to hear from me. That's man, that's genius. Thank you. Um, One of uh, Seth's books, um, This Is Marketing, he actually talks about, there's one line that I think is so important, that people are always trying to elevate or protect their status. And I think if you can give people an opportunity to increase their status, um, it lifts you both up. Right? So if I give, and same with the film projects we're doing now. uh, So now I can say, hey, We've, we've produced a film that's won Emmy Awards. We're working on our next film. Would you like to be in it? It's kind of like, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Versus you don't know me. <laughs> and I'm working on a one of 10 trillion new film projects. Yeah. There's always, yeah. and everyone, even if you don't have these kinds of things yet, there's always a way to figure out how to help someone else elevate their status to the people that they already know. That makes total sense. So let me, so, so, so let's kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit because I think a lot of people are hearing this. They're like, I can't do this. Giovanni's just smart. And you know, like he's, he's clever and he's, and he gets it. And he's obviously has this, he's gifted if you will in this way. And I just don't have that. I don't, I don't see it that way. I, c- I could never have figured out what he figured out. So what do you think like for an entrepreneur or CEO entrepreneur, like someone that's trying to elevate in a, in what's now a very noisy world, right. From yeah. a, from a, like a promotion standpoint, what do you think, what advice would you give them? Well, I will, I will challenge the gifted thing because uh, I think everyone is gifted and what I it doesn't need to necessarily mean high IQ. I think we all have a handful of things that make us different. Uh, and if we, and oftentimes those things, we, we think it's a curse or a negative um, because it makes us stand out. And if we harness those things, especially if it could add value to other people and we turn it, almost practice it and strengthen it like a muscle, it becomes a superpower. And then to figure out how we can best serve or use those things to impact other people. And I'll, I'll give you a, a real life sort of case study for myself I always had a dream of launching a, um, like a high level, I'll use the word mastermind again. It's not exactly what it is, but I'll just use that word for context mastermind group. And, um, 
didn't launch for a long time because of imposter syndrome, because what I actually wanted was everyone who's a member of this group to be further down the entrepreneurial path than I am. So they almost okay. act as like my board of advisors. And it's a group that we now have called Archangel Council, where the it's, it's 50K a year to be a member. Um, and the way I launched it was a massive realization I had that is going to be useful for anyone listening or watching. And it's that none of the people who joined cared that they were ahead of me. They only cared that I could get them further ahead. Mm. Right? So what they needed from me, and this is wild that I still love to talk about this, is that when you're successful or you're the CEO or founder, um, people are always coming to you with their problems and you need an outlet. You need to go to other people, but you need peers. And it's right. the, the more successful you become, the harder it is to make friends. It's such a funny, weird thing to say. And not everyone is good at this curation thing that I am. And I'm amazing at connecting people. So they look to me for my gift of connection and curation so that they don't have to, because it's a kryptonite for them. And it's a right. superpower for me, even though they're ahead of me, or maybe not anymore, but back then it, it was like that. Um, so the, the idea is if you can figure out what someone's path is and where they want to be in the future and why they can't get there and how your gift is uniquely qualified to help them get there faster, or you can help someone get their time back or buy back their time, that is very valuable. Right. And we all can do that. Every single person can try to figure that out. I love that, man. That's, that's so smart. I have a good friend, Justin Donald, who um, started a mastermind called Lifestyle Investor. And it's all about like people replacing their income with this investment income so that they can buy back their time. And I told him, I said, you're genius. I mean, it grew like crazy. I'm like, you're giving people this thing that's really hard to get, right? Um, but to your point, people want to learn, people want to be in bigger rooms, right? They want to be shoulder to shoulder with people they can learn from. And it's hard to find. I've, I've, I've kind of created mine really haphazardly through, uh, you, you're, have you done much with entrepreneurs organization? Uh, I know a lot of people who are members, but I've not personally done stuff with the organization. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, 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 that was my first kind of foray into like peer to peer learning. And then since then I've gotten involved with the organization called tiger 21, which is kind of like where people go after they sell their business. Um, but same idea, right? And, and they're hard, you know, it's, it's hard to find those rooms. And so especially even then it's not perfect, but if you, if you're, it sounds like you've, you, this is your, your gift, right. Of being this person that can curate groups of people and putting the right people in the room. Like if they came to that room and they're like, who are all these duds? You know, like <laughs> I highly doubt they would, you know, then, then they're not going to find value in that. Right. So, so, but getting, but finding like being able to match people up, that's, that's honestly, that's a massive gift. And it's, it's amazing that you've been able to, to a, to recognize that and to get over any type of imposter syndrome to, to be able to do something with it. So I want to ask a question about that. And I know we're, we're we got about 14 minutes left. And I want to honor your time. Um, yeah, like, you know, for some people, imposter syndrome gets in the way. It stops them, makes them never start. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, how did you work through that? What are your ideas around that not being a, a, a hurdle for people if they really want to move forward? Um, I, I think I'm safe to say this without breaking any privacy. The event I just did where, you know, some people 
have revenue of a hundred million a year kind of thing. And some other people have giant platforms, some, whatever it is, things that other people find impressive. The majority of them privately told me they have some kind of imposter syndrome. Mm. And it always blows me away. And it's like, really? That's so interesting because every, and, and I love analogies and I always think of journeys and odysseys or that we're all walking some kind of path with our life and that every, we hit milestone points of this journey, but there's always places where we get stuck or we feel like we don't know the answers. Even if you are super successful in one part of your life, there are other parts where you don't have answers. And in those areas, you feel like an imposter. I, I think for anyone listening, um, if you feel imposter syndrome, the good news is you aren't an imposter because imposters can't have imposter syndrome. Mm. They, they're actually like, like the, the, the reason you have it is because you are thinking about a bigger and better future for yourself. And there's this gap between where you are and where you want to be. And you're trying to figure out how to get there. And you feel like you don't have enough info yet or enough skill or enough, whatever it is, but you want to genuinely get to this better place and probably by helping a lot of other people. And you're, the imposter syndrome is this, like, I secretly don't want people to know all my shit right now or whatever that could be, but you care. Actual imposters don't care. <laughs> like they, yeah. they literally don't. So take it as almost like a GPS signal that you're on the right path and that anything important to you uh, requires discomfort. It's outside of your comfort zone. And, and you know, we want the safety of, of an, uh, the safe feeling of our comfort zone, but growth happens outside of there. And part of the journey is to step outside the comfort zone. It helps if you have guidance or a mentor or a coach or whatever that looks like. Uh, but if you're feeling those feelings, it's actually okay. Not only okay, to me, it's a good sign. It's like yeah, you're on no, the right no. path. Totally. I love it, man. I have a good friend, Doug Irwin, who says, that's when you know you're, 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 you're butting up against your, your own edge. Right. You know, that's when you feel that, that, that uncomfort of, to your point, not knowing, like not, like not having enough information, you being a former, uh, strategic coach, um, colleague, um, you know, I, I'm a six, three, eight, three. So, so I, I need to, I need enough information. I'm super uncomfortable until I hit that six, you know, on, on, on fact finding, but, but I love, I love that. I hadn't thought of it that way that, that no, you're on a journey, but you don't have enough information because think of anything that you've, before you've done it, once you've done it and then you go do it again, it's like, oh yeah, I know you do this and you do this and you do this. And then that happens, right? To your point, you have the, that data. So I, I love that. And, and I love what you just said about actual imposters don't, they don't feel that because they don't give a shit. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, I know I'm fake. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, great point. So, um, I want to, I want to kind of move around to the, to the, to the movie, um, dreamer. I mean, man, every, I, you know, I don't know. I've always had a dream about making a movie and, and I haven't done it yet. Um, tell us how it came to be. Is that just always like something that you always wanted to do? Like what, what, what was the catalyst for you to go out there and create a movie and then make it, you know, obviously it was well-received. You won, you know, Emmys from it, but yeah, tell us a little bit about that. It, it was my other secret desire from childhood to produce a film. And, um, one of the members of our council group is a guy named Nick Nanton, who is a, uh, 
producer, director. He's won uh, 20, I think three Emmys and produced 60 films. So he approached me saying, Hey, listen, um, do you want to ever collaborate? And it was like almost as good as when I proposed marriage to my now fiance. <laughs> Are you serious? You want, you, you want to work with me? Um, so I love Nick and that opportunity. And he said, yeah, you come up with the idea and the vision. Cause that's your thing. Um, and you know, figure out who you want in the film, the story, all that. And then I'll execute with my team and we partnered and collaborated and that's how it started. So the, the idea of dreamer and what we want to do, or I guess what I want to do is a new genre called real life superhero films. So it's people okay. that you and I actually know that most people don't know that are inspiring, have amazing stories somehow that have either impacted a lot of people or they've gone through some kind of hero's journey themselves that I think will resonate with people to inspire them to live better lives. Um, and th that's how it started. Dreamer um, finished production in 2020, which is weird. So I'm winning Emmys sitting in my freaking family room watching on TV instead of being in a room with a tuxedo, but um, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm hoping there's, there's more opportunities. Um, yeah. And yeah, now the next one is in production. It's called Hero. Uh, and I, I hope to do one every one or two years. And I just love, and the cool thing now is we're going to connect our film projects to our events. Yeah. So our next summit, which is October of this year, um, will be connected to our third film. So people who are going to be in the movie will be at the event. And then we're doing a red carpet premiere of Hero at the same event. So it's like everything's kind of connected. Oh, that's incredible, man. Congratulations on that, by the way. That's, I mean, that's, that's no small feat um, to get to do that. And let me, I, I don't know if you want to answer this question or not, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I'm curious. So like, what does it cost to make a movie like that? <laughs> um, do you feel comfortable answering that? It's in the hundreds of thousands. And, and and do you do you get the money back, or is it just like nope? It's like, I mean, is there? Well, money we do there? a really cool thing. So um, we have producer spots. It's kind of like crowdfunding for bucket list okay. experiences. So we we people can become a producer of one of our films, and it's not an investment. There's no like ROI or any of that kind of stuff. What they're doing is essentially paying for epic experiences, and they come to the shoots. And, you know, the next shoot is in Nashville um, with some music stars. And then we, we design events around the shoots so that the whole thing is experiential. Oh, that's incredible. What, what, what's, what's, the, what's the minimum buy-in for that? Um, well, I, I don't want to <laughs> quote anything in case they change in the future. And then there's a recording of me saying numbers. But oh, okay. if someone's right. interested, just please reach out to me and I can. Yeah. Yeah. Offline. You can slide, slide it on a piece of yeah, paper yeah, that yeah. dissolves. I made that mistake <laughs> in the past where I quoted something and then later I was like, Oh man, that changed. So yeah. Gotcha. It's can't, you can't take it back. I gotcha. I, I appreciate it. Um, man, I know we're rounding, rounding the bend here and I want to get you out on time. Um, so look, every episode of the greatness machine, we always end on the same question. And, and first and foremost, Giovanni, like, like this has been really fun for me and I, you're an incredible guy. And, and, and um, my instincts are always good and, and I, we didn't know each other, but I, I, like I said, I've been kind of watching from afar and I, I love, I love the stuff you're doing. I'm like, man, this guy, like he's doing it. Like I really like what he's doing and, and it's, it's yeah, he caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you, you and Jeff or Jeff spoke highly of you. It's like, yeah, 
no, no wonder. Um, <laughs> but uh, I always like to end on this last question. I could probably sit here for another two hours asking you questions, but but in, in out of respect for your time, I want to end on time. Um, but yeah, the final question. Um, we always ask all of our guests this. What is the number one barrier to creating greatness in the world that you overcome in your life? And how did you overcome it? Ooh. We're always our own bottlenecks. Um, I think the biggest barrier is the ideas implanted into our brains growing up about what our limitations are, especially around our identities. So we're, we're taught who we are in quotes based on what the adults and all, all of our environment tells us. Um, and I think the solution is to start getting curious about things that you believe to be true to say, what if the opposite were true or what, what if mm. something was different and especially if you feel like something's off and for when people feel like something's off, they call it depression or anxiety. And to me, those things, um, you know, they're, 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 for sure there's clinical versions of them. I also think there's versions of them that is your body's GPS system simply telling you you're off course and that if you can navigate to figure out what that path actually is, you'll start to experience the opposite emotions. I love it, man. What, what, what a great episode of the greatness machine. <laughs> if I don't say so myself, um, man. So look, you're doing so many cool things. And I mean, I, I think every entrepreneur needs to check out the work and they can get involved in some of the stuff you're doing. What, what are some ways people can learn more, get involved with Archangel, you know, any of the stuff that you're working on, what's the best way for them to learn more? First, um, I always say like, follow me on Instagram, um, find me and DM me and say that you heard this and I will respond and say hi to you. Uh, Dreamer, you can watch on Apple and Google and Amazon uh, if you're in the US uh, and some other English speaking countries uh, and, and check that out too. And I think you'll love the film and yeah, reach out, come to one of our events. Those are always fun. Love it, man. Giovanni, so much gratitude having you here on the Greatness Machine. You're 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 a badass like I've not met in very often, and um, I love all the all the greatness you're pouring into the world. And I'm really excited to see what what continues to happen on your journey. But so much gratitude. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. And guys, listen, go check it out. Uh, you can go check out. Uh, follow him on social media. We'll put we'll put all your connections um, for Giovanni in the show notes. So check that out. Share this episode. I mean, they're like like I'm, I'm I selfishly just like my brain's like popping on on all these amazing like just anecdotes and and wisdom pieces that that Giovanni gave. So share this we're, as as leaders, we're givers. Share this episode with people that need to hear it. And until next time, we love you. Peace out. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, 
I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.